0: Hi, nerds! It's Michael Moore, and I'm here with Andre Strukov, CIO of Countbox US, and IT operations manager at Lumen Property Management. Welcome to Dissecting Popular IT Nerds, Andre. You were on the I, podcast before. Yes, I was with Phil. We didn't scare you away. No,
1: no, it was actually a pretty awesome experience. Um, we end up uh, making the main topic of. What we, what will happen if I unplug this?
0: You're <laughs> <laughs> ready for disaster. <laughs> pretty much any moment of the time. I, I think I think we've all been there uh, before. What would happen if I just yank this cord? <laughs> um, I'm gonna I'm gonna start off uh, as the audience is probably aware. Now is we start off with a uh, quick icebreaker segment called Random Access Memories. Uh, I ask a question. You respond back with an answer. Uh, the first one that pops in your head first, right? So I'm going to start off with which internet service do you miss the most? Oh, uh,
1: probably back from the late '90s when it all started because it was uh, true free internet. Yeah, there was no like nothing. Just as a prohibited topic, like uh, every person was talking about anything they could on, on like freedom of speech
0: so, so did you use the uh did you go to the store and just buy um magazines and just pop open whatever the uh current cd was of free internet usage and uh, and just uh use that uh, no,
1: I actually had uh, a friend of mine who worked at the ISP at that time, and he was giving us trials. <laughs> or supplying <laughs> Lucky, us with, with, with trials, <laughs> which was pretty awesome. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, well, that's what, See, you, you, you had the uh, the in. I needed to know you back then, is what I needed to know. Um, have you ever taken apart a hard disk drive uh, just because you were low on magnets? Uh, no, but I was using it for something else. <laughs> <laughs> was it like an art project? Like what? <laughs> oh, well,
1: it was plenty of different project. It was an art project. Um, uh, which you remind me, if you remember, there was a floppy disk, which I used to see, uh, like, you know, that the, the sun um, mm-hmm. and when the moon covers the sun and you see the shade, it, the best, I think I was found that you can use as a floppy drive to allow you to see that uh, a sunshade covered by the moon.
0: Oh, that's actually pretty. That's actually pretty interesting. I had never thought to use it like that, but I, you know, listen, uh, uh, floppy disks, uh, whether it's a, a three three and a half or a five and a quarter floppy disk, are pretty much uh, obsolete nowadays. So it's good to know there's another use for them. Yeah, we we actually had the joke like one uh, person when. A uh, few years
1: ago, when you saw the trend, when the, a lot of laptops just start dropping off the CD in them, like you, you literally you cannot buy a laptop with CD in there. But we had one of the IT employees who insisted, "Hey, I need a new laptop, and this laptop got to have a, a CD-ROM or DVD uh, drive in it." Uh, I was joking, like, uh, "Why don't you worry one with floppy drive?" <laughs> he was like, "No, no, no, <laughs> you
0: don't understand. I need, I need my DVDs." <laughs> Um the last one I have is uh what is the funniest error message you've ever seen? Oh, uh, uh press any key and the user say hey like I don't see any key in my <laughs> e- keyboard. <laughs> I'm going to you know we, I should create a keyboard that has not any key and just you know and just sell it out to people so, so that so that they don't have any issues. Uh, Oh yeah, I'll just keep hitting this key and it'd just be a universal key just to hit. (laughs) Sit there for hours, click, 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 click. All right. Um, awesome. Great answers. Absolutely great answers. We're going to get this show, uh, on the road here. Uh, I was browsing your LinkedIn profile. You are a certified pilot. Did I get Uh, that right? I am. When did that happen? (laughs) Uh, a year ago
1: actually a little bit over a year ago um and the story of this is actually pretty funny and um in my practice sometimes you need to get some certifications just like i don't know maybe you're learning new technology or new tools and things like that and i i got my itl certification because it's just essential for it manager or it um executive to have one just understand
0: how the we're going to talk about ITL uh, in just a, in just a little bit. So, <laughs> yes, but going. Long, long story <laughs> long story short, and we are touching
1: specifically uh, real estate part of uh, my IT operations or my um, IT experience, and there was a, a need which uh, is first started as uh, marketing videos, which just need to be shot for some real estate uh, assets, but. All of a sudden, we realized that there is actually even more. opportunities, such as uh, uh, the last year in Chicago, there was uh, in August of 2021, there was uh, pretty bad storms and um, tornadoes, and a few of the roofs got damaged. Ooh. So this is this is actually presented a very awesome op- opportunity for a real estate company to expand their operations beyond just the marketing needs of the drone footage to inspections where you can do roof inspections or structural inspections or any other kind of inspections you can think of. We also use uh, drones to uh, do wireless surveys for point-to-points because a lot of our buildings in proximity or it's a complex where we just finished building a very awesome project where you have about 100 IP cameras uh, running over point-to-point, create a very large network over uh, wireless bridges. And that way we were saving out uh, tons of money of bringing ISPs individually to each of the townhomes. Yeah. Uh, so, a- anyways, that, that need was very obvious even before we started doing this. Um, and to fly drone uh, legally, commercially, you need to have a license. And I was just happened so to be the most experienced person in, in drones in my company so this is, was uh just obvious choice okay i'm gonna go get that certificate and then i just established that it operations uh, which is was a, a drone operations in a real estate company
0: oh, wow so now do you exclusively fly drones or do you also um uh, actually fly aircraft
1: uh, I don't have aircraft license yet right. but
0: I am working toward it. There I I say I knew it. I knew it. So <laughs> I just love it's like uh you're 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 like an aerial IT guy now. You're, you 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 you've you've uh, um you've got drones at the moment but you're headed towards being able to uh do IT uh while you fly over the top of our heads.
1: Well Uh, I actually will take this even uh, further. Um, I always uh, was a forward thinker and visionary person in all the companies I work in, in terms of technology. And I always um, uh, strive or try to push the companies, go a little bit beyond uh, uh, in terms of technology, which is now this case, when you you think like pushing, it's actually... um, when company froze in their technological evolution, they are actually in danger to be outpaced by the competitors. So this is mean pushing here now to the edge. By the time when it gets implemented, you write that they're at the nice adoption curve place that, where the technology gets the, the, the adoption, the performance and all this, the sweet spot of the uh, technology adoption. So this is why it's better to start early and bring the different technologies you can to the company. So by the time when uh, you will be actually adopted and op- operationalized the technology, it will be right at the right spot. I love it.
0: I love it. Um, you uh big into digital transformation. Uh you know, actually, I just—I'll start there for a minute. But I looked at your profile, and we have so much we could talk about. I—we could be here for days. Uh, but I wanted to hone in. Uh, start off with digital transformation. Uh, on the surface, it seems easy, right? But it affects people, uh, processes, systems—highly disruptive to an organization if it's not done correctly. Um, what does a, a digital transformation mean to you? Because I know that there's plenty of people that, you know, have different, you know, adaptations and, and things about digital transformation. But I want to hear from from you specifically. When you go into a company or you're working in a company and you are looking at their people, processes, and systems, right? what How do you say to them, you know, we want to digitally transform your company and and where and what does that mean uh, when you do that? And this is for our audience here so we can get a, a good definition before we get going about the subject? Well uh, to me, it always means that that digital transformation is
1: actually have to be uh, somehow implanted into people's minds or employees' minds, because without them realizing this uh it's it's gonna be super hard. You will face all sorts of riots, sabotage and um i don't know like poor adoption rate of the new technology mm-hmm. and and all tools will be just uh sitting there unused and it will take enormous efforts from supervisors to policy that to make sure people are in in compliance of using new tools and things like that so to me it always starts with people it, it has to start with people and sometimes it even uh sadly means um replacing certain people or employees in the company if they don't want to adopt or transform because these days it's a matter of uh do or die or matter of survival if company will fail to transform, it will be easily outpaced by the competitors. And it's it's not the question uh, like if, it, it it's when question. And if uh, uh, in IT team or in IT department, you need to work with a lot of other business leaders and department heads and supervisors to kind of Evangelize them and be, um, you know, that the uh, apostle bringing that message. Hey, look! Here's the new opportunity. We can change and transform the the things how you operate. And it takes a great deal to compound that uh, knowledge from these people. Then, when they realize, oh, this new technology brings those benefits, then they are taking your side and then working through. Entire organization to all down to all people who do the hardest job right there on the ground to make that change. It, it's
0: very hard. Yeah. All changes are super hard. You had mentioned uh, uh, people uh, and adoption rate, and, and those are uh, um, uh, some of the most challenging items, right? So when we look at trying to uh, first get people excited about change, um, I you know, I have a, you can't really see it in here, but I, I have a um it's like right up the top there. It's a little saying and it and it says, Don't be afraid of change, uh, be afraid of not changing. Right. It is a uh, it's kind of just what you said. <laughs> you know? Unfortunately. Essentially.
1: Unfortunately for people it's opposite. They they would like to see stick with where they at, uh, just count to to work uh, and do the things they know how to do every time they come and push the same buttons uh, fill out the same forms Uh, yeah the change is probably the hardest part in in technology and believe me I I drove a lot of initiatives uh, through the entire organizations with um, think about this real estate business is one of the most conservative businesses you can find right so they they essentially they do the same things for decades, right? So you you buying apartments or buildings, uh, uh, turn them into the the units which you can lease and then just lease them out, right? Mm-hmm. And then do maintenance. Like what 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 changing here? It, it actually, there are a lot of changes, and it starts from property management software all the way to vendor management, all the way how people operate and efficiencies and. Uh, um and especially efficiency gains and the value you can bring to the company uh do more with less and it is just not possible to achieve with um so lumen property management it's a third party property management firm so we uh taking over the property management uh, or properties which is have been managed with the uh technologically old and ancient companies who was still running off the node or Excel spreadsheets or like even paper notes. And then when we uh, do this takeover, we start running to the things such as uh, the ledger. Like uh, we sometimes have to reconcile uh, uh, all the leases have been paid, for example. And owners who trust a uh, property management company that their uh, asset will generate uh, the value for them in, in profit. Uh, they definitely uh, that value the Lumen Properties Management because of our efficiencies and the processes and technology. We're able to just uh, drive more uh, profits for the property owners. And if you
0: want to say that's our secret sauce. Yeah. You know, you, you had mentioned earlier um, about digital transformation and uh, why it was so important for uh, companies. To take this seriously and draw and 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 also help drive change, uh, digital transformation is most successful when it's tied to the uh, company's strategic goals, right? Um, and to get those company strategic goals, you need to interact with the uh, um, business leaders to get that information. Um, do you ever find that sometimes you have competing interests from different business leaders within the same organization? And if you do, how do you handle that? So, for instance, the CEO and the CFO may not, uh, uh, while, they, while the strategy overall for the company might be the same, uh, the uh, CEO and the CFO, to name an example, may have different ideologies and how they want to get there. And it could be different. I, you know, name two examples. It could be a COO. It could be a, a, a you know, a, a, a different people within the company that have a, um, an interest into what's going on. I
1: actually, in my experience, and and again, my data set is there limited to my exposure my friends my network <laughs> uh even i i have uh, like a thousands of friends on linkedin and i speak with a lot of them on uh, uh regular basis especially like uh, now when um, a lot of conferences uh, in person opening up so we have a chance to chat like how are guys you you meet last two years uh, oh my gosh, don't even ask so but in my experience uh and and again my humble opinion the more challenges you're actually facing with siloing uh, between departments and maybe market siloing. Like, for example, some market can say, hey, we operate different because you don't know how we operate. We we have a, a, a different authorities. They have a slightly different rules, codes, and things like that. So don't, don't mess with our business. We do things differently, even if it's the same uh, property management uh, process let's say just the different markets, right, and then, when you touch the different departments they they totally silent from each other, so to the point that sometimes left hand doesn't know what the right hand is doing, and the biggest challenge is actually uh to make entire company realize we, that we're all in the same boat mm-hmm. and if uh one person is slacking and not pulling the pedal, then uh, the whole ship is uh, slowing down and this is one of the main challenges when we discuss the digital transformation when it pretty much starts with people it comes down to people to push your entire organization through this change it it, it, it's really people Uh, here siloing it's one of the biggest threats to um the company in not competing Uh, interest from C4 or CEO and uh, because usually those people are they are pretty on the same page uh, through the different discussions in the board meetings and other strategy meetings and things like that so um, they may have some disagreement on specific details but uh, largely they are
0: usually on the same page in my experience all right so 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 you mentioned yeah you mentioned siloing and i actually want to explore this topic a little bit because uh you know i know we have a lot of listeners that are um it professionals but we also have listeners that are business leaders right and uh i know that business leaders listen to this podcast to better understand their it departments better understand how to harness their it departments um and, uh, and how to improve their IT strategy towards their company. And when we talk about siloing, you, you have just kind of mentioned something that the business leaders are going to be very, very interested in. How do, if I'm a business leader, let's say I'm a, uh, let's say, for instance, I'm, I'm a CEO at a company. Uh, how do I identify, uh, siloing within my own company? And, and then once I identify it, how do I start to fix it?
1: I might have uh, um, a part of the answer because this is uh, such a hard issue to deal with that there is no universal cure or magic pill which just will allow you to solve the problem. But there are a few things which is you can do. And uh, let me dive into a few examples. Um, a few years back, when uh, our company started growing uh, um, explosively and effectively, all the people who was in the same room and you can like literally yell that uh, John, hey, look, we we got here's the problem or some other issues. You you, you literally can jump and discuss when uh, something happening uh, in almost real time and then deliver and make decision right almost immediately, right? So your time to from the crisis to the solution of the crisis is pretty minimal. While when you grow big and all those uh, uh, people who you have to, used to see in the same office, now they are maybe in, in different market, maybe in different office, different uh, floor, uh, and it's not as easy to talk to them. And then at the same time, some maybe not or less experienced um, uh, Supervisors or managers who really was not supervisors and managers, but they just grew there because of the seniority. They have they have been put in this, those positions? They are have that little fear inside of them when they are actually think about their job security. And one of their defense strategies is a. Hey, Look, I mind your business. Uh, let me just do my thing. You, you guys know how to do IT, so do IT. And I know how to do my thing. I will do my thing. So you, you don't mess with me. Don't go to my department. Things like that. So it's obviously a sign when uh, this happening. It's it's not
0: a good sign. It's not a healthy sign. Um, Wait, let me let me let me stop there for a minute because you made a great point, and I want to make sure business leaders caught on to that. Uh, one of the uh, Ways to identify siloing, right, is to identify this ultra protective behavior around certain departments and, or, and processes and the way that it gets done. Not just ultra protective, but also, Hey, don't worry. We're getting it done. You don't have to look into this, right? That, that should be a flag that a business leader should look into it. Correct. Is that what you're saying? Correct. Yes, yes. It, okay.
1: And again, this is in my humble opinion and uh based on what I've seen in the organizations which I operate within. Mm-hmm. Uh of course, the other organizations may have a different challenges, but this is how it was happening in my organizations. So, and based on that experience, um so how how do you break those silos and how you make those interdepartment communication to flow? Um it's, again, no magic uh, pill here. There's multiple things you can do. And one of the examples, and I, I can provide you a few examples which is I've done. And I implemented those solutions in, in the organizations. Um, so one is we implemented company-wide corporate chat system with uh, open support channel. And it started as simple as just kind of IT live chat where anyone in the company can reach out and say, hey, look, I'm new to the company. I have no clue how this thing works. Can you help me? Right? And then suddenly we, um, and again, it was my plan, but I was planting the seed in the minds of the business leaders and department heads that, this is actually a great tool for uh, communicate as entire company, and I, I will start using I started using some of the use cases to show them where we can uh, uh, bring more value through this uh, uh, open support channel. We start kind of uh, marketing this or making PR around that uh, channel as a concierge service to all company employees and. Mm-hmm here's the important part. Now, realize that in this corporate chat, um, there are people from different functions, operations, accounting, property management, leasing agents, call center, their contact center operations, and all sorts of people are there. And we are uh, not always, we was getting uh, uh, requests there, which is IT related. It can be processed with some uh new property manager might have a question: how do I add uh uh my roommate to the lease or something like that? You know, like which is process related. And if we are uh we are, I mean IT department, if we saw that this question had been unanswered for a while, we were tapping on the shoulder some people who were relevant to this issue, which is what jumping and helping right away. And suddenly uh we saw uh, that business leaders, they realize the value. They realize that the uh, very fast path to resolution of the problems, which is previously, it could be a ticket, sent out via a support portal, then someone may say, oh, that's not an IT issue. You need to talk to your supervisor. supervisor might be not trained well as well, because obviously this is why those people have those questions, because they maybe somewhere a uh, training is not... Uh, Fully covering all the use cases people see, and there is always going to be something in the business when you operate something happening which is you never seen before. Mm -hmm. And now, using that concierge service, you are pretty sure will get very quick response, or at the least, the business uh, or executives will be made aware that this issue is happening. So that's one of the things. Um, Second thing is um, we are, and again, when I say we, uh, IT department was pioneering creating cross-functional teams like we uh, partnered with accounting or operations or marketing or uh, the finance teams, all other teams, and we create cross-functional teams which is uh, attacking specific problems. And examples can be, uh, like we discussed in uh, the the previous um, uh, podcast which was featuring me, we were discussing how the intercoms example can be, very harmful to the company, and there are multiple parties involved here. You you think about AT copper landlines. You think about the, the maintenance crew. You think about property managers, accounting, operations, IT. Everyone in, in, in involved here. But in the end of the day, the solution might be not the issue might not be resolved even uh, a month later because of different parties involved here and in uh, some of the people it's not my business technically like i should not be doing this why why i even involved here so to transform that mindset in the company in department uh, business leaders and even people's and employees had in showcasing that we are all together we're all in the same boat we need to communicate we need to uh discuss the problems we need to actually uh and i always always go out there in the field and talk to all people like janitors and maintenance people who do the hardest job and i i sometimes interview them hey how are you feeling how are you doing like hey listen did you hear about this uh concierge service which is we just implemented like a uh, uh, couple years ago they no i know it. You, you got to use this what kind of challenges do you have oh my um uh, direct report just started yesterday, and he forgot his password. We need to reset his password. We open ticket. It took like, uh, uh, us a little while. Now with concierge service, it, it takes a, a quick uh, a chat message. Hey, like, uh, I need a password reset. And it gets resolved almost in, in no time. It, all, all problems suddenly became more visible to the business. And some some of the easy-to-solve problems, they are the time to resolution was cut in. Like, Like a thousandths percent of if you measure the that time before and after,
0: you know, there's so much in that answer, and I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna summarize it up a little bit, and you tell me if I miss anything. But uh, to attack the the problem of trying to make sure. Ah, uh, you don't have these silos, and you don't have these uh, um, uh, folks that will reject change and stuff. The way to help start to break that down is basically to uh, start bringing people together. Uh, the uh, The great thing about this IT concierge service that you talked about is uh, not only, or sorry, really, you know, the really it's kind of a a, a general problem concierge service, really, and then it can becomes, becomes IT if it if it needs to be. Um, but what happens is it creates this culture, uh, where you're doing a few things. You're, you're starting to get people to think, uh, um, by understanding other people's jobs a little bit, right? Hey, these are what's going on. You, other people can chime in and say, Hey, uh, this is how we're doing it. How are you guys doing it? And they can decide upon the best way to move forward. Um, you you get the culture kind of moving in the right direction. You get the um, the natural discussions about change and the way processes should be run and and stuff kind of moving. it It reduces that silo like we talked about, because it's starting to get people together. The cross-functional teams uh, are great because it improves the visibility. Of the uh, um, uh, of the project, the visibility of the uh, issues that are presented to the company, the challenges that are presented to the company. Um, I th- there's a lot in there that's a, a great way to um, attract that issue. And one of the things I really liked is putting the business leaders in there as well, so that they were they could see what was going on and uh, they understood the challenges. I mean, you, you mentioned something that I, I I you know did quite a lot and still do virtually now that I work remotely, um, which is talk to people, right? Go out there uh, and chat and have conversations, ask them what's going on. That's how I learn about the business from an IT perspective. I know you know that this is such a big deal. You have to understand the business to be able to affect any type of change and come up with ideas. And, uh, um, you know, uh, in, in talking with you, you can tell you're very forward thinking, very, uh, um, uh, good at coming up with uh, creative uh, decisions. This is this is great. This is a really good solution. And, and I'm summarizing it for the business leaders. Did I miss anything? No, you didn't miss anything. So, and you got the idea
1: right. It's almost like a building next generation community within the organization or company to help actually people help each other. And uh, believe it or not, this is makes the entire organization more efficient because. Mm-hmm uh the questions uh, get resolved almost immediately and this is also showcases uh to corporate coaches uh the issues might be uh needs to be added to the corporate trainings. So this is all 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 dimensions you look into this, it's all super beneficial uh IT service. And this is one of the examples, uh digital transformation, you don't have to be on the cutting edge of the technology but implementation it was hard Uh, believe it or not uh, like with all the benefits we're discussing this is so become so obvious to everyone who will hear about this how you will speed up all the resolution and make the communication break the silos it took me over a year to push this into the actual production yeah even with, with- existing slack system uh, like or uh, i'm sorry we we use slack but like with existing corporate chat system, which is you already right. have in place it's it's already implemented everyone using it even with this just kind of jump through all the hoops and uh make the compound of this knowledge in in the heads of the leaders or the business leaders mm-hmm. to realize the potential of this it took me a year to to, um to talk to them, convince them, explain them how to Then I got one person on my on my side in the second it's you, a long process
0: you had mentioned something, and uh you you know you're talking about how long this takes, but you also mentioned something about talking to people, and when you're talking to people also you know kind of uh kind of saying, hey, you should check out this channel that, you know, we're, we've created, you know, you see the service that we've done. And, you know, marketing, internal marketing uh, in, as an IT uh, professional is such an important piece of being an IT professional and getting projects completed. This ability to go out and explain and sell the ideas that you have to make the company be successful it, you know is a is a huge deal um it, I'm glad you brought that up because it it is uh it is one of those things that i think a lot of i.t professionals would benefit from uh taking some marketing courses taking some even some how to sell uh you know solutions uh on there and, and being able to understand how to navigate this
1: we got some corners here <laughs> we we partner with marketing department mm-hmm. and they do all our IT PR. So uh, think about this like when you're IT professional, how many of those uh I don't know, maintenance notes you need to send, or something being rolled out, or mm-hmm. some uh flyers needs to be handed out because something new is uh or changes coming to services, right? So the marketing department is your uh one of the best partners to because they know how to, they know like the time to send this out, like the, yeah, the, the wording, the phrasing, like yeah, and uh, it was the the best decision ever to partner uh, with marketing department on those communications and PR, which is come from IT. And even if it's something simple, uh, and the IT send this out, we uh, sometimes uh, pick up the brain from the uh, marketing department and say, "Hey, like this looks good." It, yeah, thumbs up. Yeah. So now, I think that's <laughs> great.
0: I mean, hey, I I'm glad you brought that up too because I, I've had I've been fortunate enough to have some great marketing departments. You know. And uh, one of the things I usually do when I come in is actually we'll rebrand the IT department, um, you know, and put a brand new face on it, and then use that uh, every time I want to, uh, you know, send out a message or, or or whatnot. And that way, people understand that oh, it's coming from this, right? It's coming from this, right? It's also a good way um, if we're talking about cybersecurity, which I know is another one of your uh, pieces here, um, to let people understand the difference, uh, you know, between a, a fake email that comes in or, or a, um, you know, a message that came from your it department, uh, is having a, a you know, an actual, uh, actual logo and an actual, you know, slogan and and it, they know it's coming from you. And, uh, I mean, we had one recently where we had a, um, you know, somebody tried to send in something from the it department, you know, it at whatever the, at the company, and uh people knew it was fake because it didn't have the logo, it didn't have the uh you know the the pieces on it. So no, I think that's great. The marketing department is such a great uh partner uh to do, and that was such great advice uh for the IT professionals listening. Uh go to your IT department, uh, go to your marketing department. Uh IT and marketing uh need to shake hands and and be buddies because it is a uh it is a worthwhile partnership. I completely agree with that. Now you know, we spoke a little bit about ITIL, uh, right? ITIL. Um, I wanted to uh, follow up on this a bit because, you know, it, it, many people think they think ITIL and they think tickets, right? They think a ticketing system. They think, organiz- uh, you know, it's going to slow me down. Oh, no, I got to implement change management, all this stuff. Um, but I want your take, I, you know, because I don't think this is the case. I have seen ITIL uh, um, implemented. And um, the performance, sorry, the uh, um, the gains on it that you get from productivity, uh, you know, are far exceed any type of slowdown you get, and also the reduction in errors. What is your what's your thought on this?
1: Uh, Pretty much like any uh, strong medicine, you got to take it wisely, Um, and of course, you cannot implement uh, orthodox hundred percent ITIL. Uh, framework in your organization because all organizations are different. Oh, it's a framework,
0: right? And, yeah, it's, a, it's a framework.
1: Uh, yeah, it it, it, it kind of supplies you with tools, the, with the knowledge and the methods to achieve uh, our goals, mm-hmm. which is, in our case, in the IT world, is to support our organization with uh, uh, mission and objectives. So, um, in ITIL is, is a great deal for, I, I absolutely recommend for any IT professional who want to grow more in, uh, in management role or executive role uh, to learn this because it will not answer all your questions, but at the least, you will understand a lot of the dynamics behind the different processes and practices and uh, methods, which is a very useful toolkit for uh, you as IT professional growing into the management or executive role
0: Um, that that's must have. Very nice. Very nice. Um, I I, I was thinking, I want to try something out with you, which is a a new segment that I'm looking to implement. Right. And, uh, I, I, and I got the idea just looking at your, (laughs) looking at your, you know, what you post and what you like (laughs) and everything. Um, cause you're, you're kind of a, um, kind of a futurist almost, uh, you kind of look to the future, come up with these ideas and these uh, things of what possibly may happen and, and how you can uh, kind of tackle it. Uh, have I hit you on the nose a little bit?
1: Yes. So, and I actually was lucky enough that in my team, I always had uh, someone who can serve as a brakes. So if i will try to fly too high or run too fast or even do some crazy ideas. I, I have always person on my team who can kind of bring me back to the ground.
0: Hey, look, this is going to be tough to implement. This is going to be like kind of bringing back back to the real world. <laughs> I love it. Well, and so why I'm doing this segment, and uh, the segment is going to be called IT Crystal Ball, okay? <laughs> and what I want to do is I want to give uh, folks like yourself, experts in the field, a a little bit of a platform to give us a uh, the best you possibly can on where things may be headed so that at our IT professionals and our business leaders out there can understand where they need to move the needle, so to speak, to meet, uh, to meet the future. So these don't have to be right on the nose. They don't have to be uh, specific, but, Let's let's do a little fun little uh experiment here. IT crystal ball, right? Digital transformation, because we've talked about that forever. Let's talk about the future of dis- digital transformation in what you see coming down the pipe. Uh specific to technologists. I mean technologist you can go you can, yeah, you can go um, do whatever your heart desires on this one. I I strongly believe that AI will be taking over more and
1: more place in our life, in, in our work environment, in, in professions, uh, in everywhere, pretty much where you touch.
0: And so how, and uh, AI, i And, I, AI, and sorry to, to jump in here, but I want to help kind of move that answer. Um, AI being a big piece of uh, the future and tied into a lot of the process and stuff, how it does a business leader and an i t um professional how do they meet that how do they how do they connect in that like what should they be prepared for
1: um so that's that's very generic question because um to answer your generic question if we think generally the business Leaders, they need to understand how to operate in a uh, volatile and uncertain and changing world, right? Mm-hmm. So if they are good at this, they will be yeah. able to identify your opportunities which AI brings, or uh, a threat it poses specific to their businesses. Um, and it, it brings both good and bad. And being able to navigate what does this mean to your, your business specifically that's the
0: only right answer i love it okay so the idea the idea here right i mean and you're right ai is a uh i mean we could send a we could spend a whole uh hour on ai and still not even not even cover all of the possibilities that it could do right um but you know it is a uh interesting thought process to start if you're an if you're an it professional or you're a business leader. To start thinking, let's understand this, and let's let's try to figure out what our company uh, and our setup and our systems and people and process how that relates to AI and how we can fit it in uh, it, it, if it makes sense, and how we can uh, use it as a strategic lever to kind of uh, push our business to the next level and compete, uh, uh, you know, you know, create a competition basically um there's a great that's a great answer right there um uh what about the future of drones because i i know you i know you love it (laughs) uh yes uh drones
1: will be taken uh well there are two things which is um i see happening like um the initial hype which is was around the drones will be delivering things left and right here and there Uh, you will get the pizza delivered tomorrow by drones it actually uh, did. Uh, ran into real-world challenges. However, uh, this means that the drones will be taking over more and more uh, uh, different uh, business process operations, uh, and helping uh, us to close the last mile uh, in the supply chain and deliveries. And... Um, that's very promising. There, there is a lot of uh, opportunity out there. However, there are non-delivery uh, drone um, applications, and if you are kind of uh fi movie fan, you will be envisioning all kind of drones which is running or, or flying around and policing people, do things, or trying to predict if you're going to do the crime and all those things. <laughs> uh, I, I. I I believe this thing is quite far away, yeah. but, but uh, yes, it's, it's uh, promising, but at the same time it's scary. So this is mean we are, as IT professionals, need to take over a control how the drone industry is being developed and evolve and making sure we are uh, apply ethical standards to how this industry
0: progress. You know, I I think that there are IT folks here now that are um, thinking after listening to this uh, um, podcast, they're probably thinking at three in the morning when I'm stuck at work trying to finish some type of an upgrade, uh, it would be really awesome if a drone could drop off some pizza
1: yes and and those uh, those things actually in uh, large metropolitan areas um are uh, commercially viable ideas, but when you think about the how efficient it is to deliver by drone a pizza somewhere in i don't know far 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 away farm, it's probably not going to be super efficient
0: yeah agree, we agree. agree.
1: so and,
0: well that uh, but that brings us to a great point, right because Um, obviously a little bit of a joke with the pizza delivery drone, but, but leads us into an important myth, which is you've got a piece of technology, uh, that has a lot of promise, but, and this is the challenge I had with the question, right? There's so many different ways you can use that technology. It's so hard to predict how people are going to use it. I mean, even in speaking with you and some of the, uh, um, stuff that you've come up with, right it's difficult because you're, you come up with stuff that hasn't been come, hasn't come up with before, right? It's a brand new, uh, brand new world. So the amount of things you could do with drones, the amount of things you could do with AI, uh, are phenomenal. And because you don't know every business, it's, it's almost impossible to be able to predict it. Uh, but just naming the technology and saying that we should put a, uh, we should put our thought towards it is great because I think I heard you mention uh, not only should we be thinking about its applications, but also thinking about uh, governance and practical uh, implementation and all the different pieces that you normally would do with digital transformation and applying that uh, those, um, you know, those things that we've learned on how to be successful with implementation to that towards the new technology. What's your thoughts on that? So my my thoughts are quite in line with
1: uh, your statement. Um, and I I strongly believe that we are, as IT professionals, need to definitely think about the governance of the technology, actually any technology, not specifically to drones. And uh, uh, I want to go back to one thing, which is we, when we were discussing cross-functional teams. The best use cases uh, in... It, and this can apply to specifically drone technologies actually all the best ideas and the brightest ideas actually being born in the crossing different um sciences or uh, expertise or skills or knowledge and uh, examples can be uh robotics and biology you think about the different implants you just can replace your uh, arm or leg and being truly now as your uh almost your, your uh, natural arm or, or leg. But the breakthrough in those uh, technologies only was able to happen when the biology people and biologists, the scientists, was able to talk to the people who in robotics, right? If I would be in robotics, I would not speak with uh, the scientists from the biology. I would never be able to achieve the great new horizons in that, uh, specific use case and the same things uh, about the drones. So if you think about, okay, I'm a farmer. What what's my use case? Oh, I, I can think that how drones can help me in that way. I'm low enforcement officer or I'm first responder. How I can help to rescue people? I can how I can save people? How I can deliver medicine or blood to somewhere the catastrophe site and things like that. And of course, we as people, we want those things are happening soon. While there are uh, organizations such as FIA, they, they care about that the drones just not start start falling uh, on the people from the skies. So they, they do their job. So they, it has to be like a balance. But at the same time, the knowledge, the demand, the technologies, all this will be compounding into the awesome and in, interesting use cases in the future.
0: I I absolutely love how you brought us back uh, to our original (laughs) discussion about understanding jobs, understanding the business, right? And using that that information to help create a successful strategy and navigating technology and the implementation. That was fantastic. Uh, Thank you very much. Folks, again, it's Michael Moore, and uh, this has been uh, Andre Strukoff, CIO of Countbox US and IT Operations Manager at Lumen Property Management. A pleasure having you on. Please come on again. Likewise. uh, Make another another shot at it uh, because we could talk forever. Thank you so much, Andre. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me.